Good evening. Welcome to Black Republican, Black Democrat. I'm your co-host and homeboy, Jamar Nelson. And I'm Patwin Lawrence. Welcome, Patwin. Welcome. How are you? I'm dry. <laughs> you are dry. It's Saturday, June 9th. It is. It's Time pretty, is going. Pretty gloomy today. The sun keeps wants to peek in and yeah. out. The weather is kind of rainy, <laughs> but it's like 73 degrees. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, I'm not well, it depends on what car you're in, because one car I was in said 68, oh. and this car I was in said 73. So, you know, okay. depends on which vehicle you're in. So, welcome, Pat. Yeah. yeah We've got a great yeah. show today. We do. We do. An outstanding show. And then outstanding guest. Absolutely. Well, that's what we do here. What we right. do. Exactly. This is, this, is why we're, this is why we're number one in our slot. And um, 651-989-5855 is that call-in number. 651-989-5855 is the call-in number. Uh, Patwin. Yes. Um, do you want to start your type of hot topics with No, you, you go ahead. Oh, well, I just, I just quickly want to yeah. uh, start with Donald Trump. Okay. And, we always uh, start with Trump. But, well, okay. of course. Well, he well, that is the gift that keeps he's on He's the leader giving. of the free world. Well, I don't know about all that. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Well, he is. He is not. <laughs> At any rate, though, I, I think that um, his latest antics... Um, you know, I was going to say which ones. <laughs> yeah, no, this is true. You got to be specific, right? You know what's crazy to me is what? if any of this... This mess that he does, uh, like what? Like first, let's let's let me congratulate him. Mm-hmm. Although D.L. Hughley yeah. uh, doesn't give him any credit on some of the the clemencies that he's granted so far, right? No, that's fantastic. The, the, well, not nah, well, we'll see. Like the ones that he wants to do with Rob, uh, I can never say his name, but Gloryovich. Oh, um, r- r- yeah. The governor. I don't know about that. I yeah. mean, this guy was, hey, he was. Well, con- Obama and team, they need to be worried about that one if he <laughs> does do that one. <laughs> well, why? Because <laughs> he's going to sing like a songbird. He can't. Oh, see, here you go with your conspiracies. <laughs> he we, knows where all the bodies are in, in Illinois. We, we heard the videotape. Uh, we heard the <laughs> audio recording. Nothing. I mean, President, oh, Obama, well, has, we'll see. We'll President see. Obama has nothing we'll to worry see. about. President has nothing. But what's good about, but what's good about these pardons, it's not so much the pardons in and of themselves. I don't know if they're all good, but they're all but, politically driven. Well, you, and they're all that's fine. and and that's most fine. of those because for Alice Johnson, have been, that, um, she doesn't matter. Or what matters to her is she's now free. Yeah, well, that's and she's Obama different. Didn't do it for oh, her. Oh, stop! Oh, President but, Obama lessened the lessened the laws that uh, um that I won't, persecuted. I won't, even, I won't even get into that. About well, Obama. let's get in about that, that because well, no, that's no, no, the no. truth. Because that's not even really the point. Of yes, this. it does. No, the point. He of, lightened sentence for uh, small uh, drug offenders mm-hmm. for the especially that are targeted towards minorities. This is what you know. You can yeah, he did do you that's the one and thing. that's no, not no, cool that's to do that. And that's what he gives did. this guy, the idiot that's in the Trump, that's in the idiot Trump, that's in the White House now, <laughs> to go ahead and do things like but that see, for the her. Whole point, Ms. The, the central thing about this that people should get, it, you know, this thing whether Obama did it and Trump did it and and all of this, that's really secondary. What's Sometimes. really what's no 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 what's really important about what has happened it shows the point of advocacy everything that we talk about yeah. on the show is where we need to engage politicians regardless of the party regardless of what yep. you think about them just like the civil rights leader did with LBJ a well-known racist member of the Klan you know yeah. he was just an all-around horrible guy Crazy. you know to both whites and blacks you know he he had a really bad reputation but people still went and negotiated with him. And, you know, I've been saying this all on the show, is that's what the CDC should be doing and that's what our leadership should be doing. But, you but it shows... Sh- but, but But it shows in terms of what Kim Kardashian did. Because mm-hmm. I don't agree. I don't agree with um, Trump going to 
um, athletes and entertainers. We don't need. We that. don't need to. We don't need to focus on them. They don't know anything. They they need to be engaging. Our oh, Trump administration. Well, they need to be engaging with our policymakers, people that actually know things to be able to implement policy. But, you know, we have to start somewhere. So the point is advocacy that she actually went there. She could have been yeah. like, well, no, yeah. that's Trump. I don't care. I hate him and all of this. But no, she went and she advocated for this person and look at what happened. So that's the whole point that I want people to get from what has happened is that no matter whether you like the person in office or not, they're the person in that seat of authority. The authority doesn't come from that person, even though sometimes they think so. Mm -hmm. But it comes from them being in that position. You need to respect that position, but then advocate and work with the people that are in those seats of authority. No doubt about that. But it, with, in, in, the Trump of, in the case of Trump, yeah. sometimes it's a guy that, that unwilling to work with you. Period. I mean, like his, well, like depends. these attacks. I mean, the way that he's been attacked, he's been oh, attacked. Oh, stop! Like, he, oh, he attacks. Don't talk about he's been but, attacked. But he, he does, attacks. He, does attack, he, does, okay. he attacks back. I like that about him. No, he doesn't attack I, back. He no, attacks he first. He well, is no, the attack. No, no, no. He, no, he he attacks. He is the attacker. Okay. He, and if, I think he needs to be dude, more forceful. It, but that's, look, that's my oh, opinion. As if he does enough. He's a misogynist. He's homophobic. What? That yes. They, 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 oh. they, this is the thing that kind of gets under my skin. They try to take the high road all the time, which sometimes I, I guess you, you got to do that. But when you're dealing with the Democrats, and Democrats like to be low down and dirty. Oh, and, you know, really? And I'm, and I'm oh, your party is so clean. I'm fine with the Republicans so getting clean. in there and just slugging it oh, out. Please. And, and especially with this midterm, that's what they need to do, well, especially gonna, in Minnesota. First of all, we're, we're going to wipe the floor yeah, with you, you guys, think. okay? We're going to wipe the you floor with you guys. You know you're going to be guys. taking me to the best steakhouse yeah, okay, on yeah. you. Okay. Yeah, we're going, but you're going to be paying. And secondly, and secondly, when you talk about look, look at look at how he's attacked these NFL players. Yes. How he, this, this that's disgusting. But look at how they because they've made country. it. He and but look he, at how they've attacked. He and other he and other bigots have made what Colin Kaepernick did mm -hmm. about the American flag and about service. It was not about that. It and was about black police brutality. Men, it was about police brutality but that's not and the time injustice. And place for it. It, that's where no, I disagree. That's excuse not, me. Yes, it is. He's on. Yeah, it, he's an employee of the NFL. He's, first of all, he's wait, at work. I'm not. I, wait for, I can't. I, I can't wait. protest at work. You can't protest at work. I wait. We have to do it on our off time. First of all, that's what they should be doing. First of all, Pat, when that is the exact time to bring attention to a no, no, it isn't to a huge matter. It kills me how he's, black folks say that that's on, not. He, well, when, when else is it? When else is it? When he's not at work. <laughs> Pat, he does, first of all, we when we're not for, at work. for you and everybody else, he does do it when he's not at work and when he's okay. at work because when he's well, at work. When, but see, when he's at work, when he's yeah, at work. First of all, you should it, do it when he's not, not at work. No, it's not a problem. Okay. It's just that because biggest decide that because this black man uh -huh. is. Uh, Neil, and first of all, let, I'm just kidding. He absolutely is. <laughs> he he is. absolutely. Well, he is. He is. He is. No, no, no. I know. But, I'm just kidding. Uh, um, uh, let me say this. I come to find out doing more research on this. Yeah. He got taken a kneel because he was actually sitting down. Mm -hmm. It was veterans yeah. that yeah. told this young man right. to take a knee. That's right. Veterans. I remember that. I remember that. that. Told that. Yeah. Told this young man to do that. So, mm -hmm. how is it disrespectful when? Uh, a black uh, our black on our men are being beat, killed, at an alarming rate. No, they're not. Yes, they the are. Statistics don't follow. Oh, the statistics don't, aren't don't on stop your pulling side. statistics out of your no, ass. No, this is the, the, because no, I'm not pulling them out. No, my butt. that's <laughs> because the, the, the we know that the statistics. We know that you, first of all, you're sitting across. You're sitting across from one that had, uh, and, we, and we got short time here. They got yeah. his head split. By officers just laying on the I didn't couch. say that it never so happened. What I'm saying is, but you you want to start talking about statistically how white American white males get killed and shot more. Pat, you live downtown Minneapolis, okay. and you know that downtown Minneapolis, where there are more African Americans 
when you see a bigger, huge, when you see a more police presence, bigger police presence, yeah. you see the arrests go up, and you see mm-hmm. a lot of times the the um, the accounts of or. But you know, the, we have the, more interaction with police officers. So if we had more interactions with police officers, why aren't our rates of abuse and attacks and murders higher than it is for white males? Because they don't kill them. They that's not the, that's not the point. That's it, not, it is that's the not, point. They don't kill them. The point. And we'll get into more on the other side of the break. This is Black Republican, Black Democrat on Twin Cities News Talk and Yai Heart Radio. Welcome back now. <laughs> Welcome back to Black Republican, Black Democrat. I'm your co-host and homeboy, Jamar Nelson. And I'm Patwin Lawrence. Welcome back, Pat. Oh, can you sing this? My boogie shoes. Oh, watch out now, Patwin. Watch <laughs> I can if I've had a couple drinks. That always makes it better, especially like with karaoke. A we'll couple see. drinks and then... Well, we're, we're going to go afterwards. We'll see how you sing afterwards. <laughs> Welcome back. We got the best producer in the land, y'all. I'm telling you this, man. Welcome back. We got a great guest this week. We got uh, St. Paul Police Chief, Chief Todd Axtell. Um, I, I noticed Chief and wanted, me, wanted him on uh, because this is a man of integrity. Mm-hmm. And I love how he uh, is proactive in his city with uh, police uh, misconduct or police conduct, mm-hmm. uh, conduct of his citizens. And so when I say proactive... I mean, he's not reactive after every situation, yeah. and Chief doesn't give you BS. Um, if uh, if officers need to be held accountable, Chief does just that. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been multiple occasions um, where Chief um, has been lambasted because he does not automatically side with officers. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what you want. You want a, a Chief that... Um, Again, I, uh, let me repeat myself. Holds the officers accountable yep. along with its citizens. Yes, the, the, not its the citizens. citizens yeah, yep. and chief does that. So, welcome to the show, chief. Thank you very much. Yeah. Honored to be uh, here. And I say, I know that um, you became chief about two weeks prior to the Philando Castro uh, shooting. Castile, yes, yeah, yes. Castile. Uh, June twenty third, two thousand sixteen. Wow, what a t- what a time to become a chief, right? Yeah. And you, uh, who was your predecessor? Tom Smith. Okay, Tom Smith. Yeah. So, uh, well, before we get into that, let, let's talk a little bit about you. Um, were you, uh, was this uh, a bureaucrat, bureaucratic mess, or did you come up through the ranks? I came up through the ranks. Okay. Started okay. in St. Paul, uh, September 18th, 1989. 1989. Okay. Goodness gracious. Yeah. yeah. So, you, uh, were you ever experienced walking the beat and doing all of that? I, I did it all. I, mm-hmm. I walked the beat. I worked the patrol car. I worked a, a bike unit. I worked mm-hmm. in gangs, guns. Uh, vice, narcotics, special investigations, mm-hmm. homeland security, and and uh, throw into the kitchen sink too. I've been I've been throughout the entire department, and I, I really believe that's that's helped me prepare to uh, lead the department. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I agree. That's like you know coming up in the corporation, yeah. and moving up the ladder. Absolutely. To have experience in all departments and areas. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so now, at what point were you presented, um, or what did you have to do to become chief? Is this a position that was open and you filed for it, or how does that go about? Well, we have a process in St. Paul that the process is set up by the city council. We have seven-member mm-hmm. seven city council. Mm-hmm. They come up with the qualifications, the timeline, 
And it's a six-year term of office in St. Paul, which is very unique uh, throughout the country to have a term of office that's for that's chief. Absolutely, pr- protected he's by, a lifer, right? Yeah. yeah, protected by city charter. So mm-hmm. there's uh, it. It really is a is a is a good position to be in, where you can really. I mean, it's vetted well. So they pick. You know, I'm not talking about myself to, mm-hmm. uh, to break, but historically they've picked really good chiefs that have come up through the ranks that mm-hmm. uh, uh, the entire community. Uh, supports politically and That's, and you know both sides of the aisle and in our entire community in St. Paul. So uh, right now I'm two years into the six year the six year right. term, and we're going to make sure that you uh, get renewed because we need a stand up <laughs> guy like you. So now like, when I talk about you, because again I, I have no shame in saying that man you're a stand up guy like we have with uh, Chief Erdondo, and so uh, 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 one of the, uh, the the incidents that I commend you on and, and now have mad respect for you for. Is uh, I, I'm sorry, I can't think of the, the individual's name. Um, where it was a dog situ, the dog bite situation, um, and how you handle that situation. Um, when you're dealing, when you, when you're confronted with a situation like that, chief, where you're automatically expected naturally by, especially by the citizens, especially by minority citizens, mm-hmm. to take the, the to take the side of of the police. Man, how you go about processing, um. You know evidence and what happens and scrutinize what happens in and said cases yeah you, you know you you have to you have to possess integrity and make a a promise when you take positions not just as a police officer but certainly more uh even more importantly i believe as a police chief that uh you will call balls and strikes mm-hmm. and and uh, uh that's critically important. I tell our officers all the time. That uh, if they, not if, but when they use force, unfortunately, there are times when we have to use force. If your actions, mm-hmm. you can answer to the affirmative to these three things, I will always have your back. I will always support you. Um, but if they don't, you're going to be on your own. And those three things are this. Were the actions reasonable, necessary, and done with respect? And if you can say the affirmative to all three things, uh, you're going to be just fine. But when you walk outside of that line, uh, you're going to be on your own. And I I, I, I don't do that to be hard. Uh, right. uh, I, I do that to make sure that everybody understands clearly where the lines are right. mm-hmm. in yes, which yes. to operate because mm-hmm. I believe that reduces uh, workforce stress. Yeah. Yeah. It lets Absolutely. the community know where we, we are, and mm-hmm. it, it helps everybody to understand um, what mm-hmm. is acceptable and what isn't. So could you tell us a little bit about, because, you know, Jamar and I, we've, you know, we've had this over <laughs> a number of weeks about, you know, these uh, shootings and things that are happening where people, you know, particularly African-Americans are coming in contact with um, law enforcement. And um, from my perspective, I have that, you know, if people just listen to, you know, to the officers, that a lot of these things would not have gone the direction that they have taken. Well, a lot of these cases. Uh, but I want to know, though, from your perspective, you know, as a chief, what are some things that citizens should know when they come across police officers, um, if they're going to be questioned or whatever? What What are their rights? What should they do? How should they interact with law enforcement? Well, I always suggest to every everyone who, who comes in contact with law enforcement, um, well, first of all, we hope that the, that the interactions and contacts are just a routine, uh, hello, stop by, swing in and, and build relationships because that's uh, building trust is absolutely critical to what we do, but when it when it comes time to having an incident where a, a law enforcement officer, a police officer, has to take some uh, some enforcement mm. type action, that's when I, I I tell everyone who who has these interactions that if you 
have an issue or have a disagreement with what's happening at the time, mm-hmm. that's okay. But but I would suggest that uh, everybody understand that there's a process we have internally that everybody has a supervisor. I don't care mm-hmm. who you are. We all report to someone. Mm-hmm. So uh, in St. Paul, we're required to give you a business card. We're, provide, we're required to give you our, our name and a case number. Mm-hmm. And we have a watch commander that's working all the time. We have supervisors that are mm-hmm. working all the time. Mm-hmm. You go through the, the process, and then you can pick up that phone once the incident's done and say, you know, I just had an interaction where I'm not comfortable with or I have questions. Those are things that are very okay. important because we can always figure out what could have uh, went better mm-hmm. uh, through the process. And at the time, again, police officers are human. So when things get tense and heated up, sometimes those, those things uh, uh, can get to a, a point where mm-hmm. it's, difficult, it's difficult to come back down. Yeah. Well, absolutely. So now I, I, I think that we underestimate what goes into being officers. Mm-hmm. You know? um, now, St. Paul, what's the percentage of uh, African-Americans that's on the force in St. Paul, Chief? Our, our uh, uh, diversity right now, we're at about 20, 24% uh, African-American. I haven't looked at the numbers in the last couple of weeks, but um, it's not good enough, I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Right now in St. Paul, we have 45% of our communities diverse. Mm-hmm. So I have committed to since becoming chief two years ago to make sure that uh, one of our top three priorities is, is diversifying yep. our police department. I'm proud to say the last two academies, mm-hmm. the first two academies that I've had and, and hired are over 50% diverse. Mm. So we are on the right track, but we have a long, a long way to go. When mm-hmm. I came on the job in 1989, our community was 18% diverse. Mm-hmm. 29 wow. years later, we're 45% diverse. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big wow. jump. That's, that's a big a, jump. That's a big jump. How, so how many cops are on the uh, St. Paul Police Force? 626 sworn, and we have about 780 total personnel okay. okay wow i thought st paul was a little bigger than that like minneapolis like a thousand over a thousand officers so what are the qualifications because you know i think a lot of the issues especially within the, the african-american community what are is a track that someone can get on to become a police officer because if we need more um, individuals from the community mm-hmm. to become officers how does that happen like do you need a degree like what do you yes you need a two-year degree okay uh, in, in law enforcement and then you go on through to your uh, skills program, which okay. is usually a, a three-month program, but you can stretch it out over a year period or so. Okay. We have taken a really uh, unique approach in St. Paul that I'm very proud of. Uh, we started the, the Law Enforcement Career Path Academy. Okay. It's about 95% diverse right mm-hmm. now. Young mm-hmm. people who are uh, over the ages of 18 that are interested in law enforcement career, okay. uh, we're providing through some grants and department funding opportunities where they can um, – make a livable wage, go to school, get their education, and also help on the police department and learn how to engage the community before they become police officers. So Mm -hmm. we're really proud of that program. That's good. That's good. Yeah, because, you know, like, you know, we hear the negative things, you know, with education in terms of, like, you know, the school-to-prison pipeline and things like that. We need those tracks to be schooled to, you know, various industry pipelines, that we need, and especially law enforcement, because I think that will help with a lot of the issues and the controversies that we've seen within the community if there were more people of color from their particular communities that were, you know, engaged, because they know the nuances, the cultural things, aspects to be able to better, you know, interact with the public. And when you have a chief like like, uh, Chief Axtell here that, again, holds... Everyone accountable in mm-hmm. every situation. 
and, and that again, we're champions. And which, you know, yes, you know, yes, and, and, and again, mean. doesn't give a lot of lip service. I, I haven't heard the chief give any lip service, and that's because he's sitting sitting right here, and that's why one of them here is because he is a stand-up dude and doesn't give a lot of li uh, uh, lip service. And so when we come back, if you don't mind, chief, we can dwell into uh, a case or two, if you don't mind, yeah. of uh, out there in St. Uh, Paul and uh, see what's going on out there. Uh, Pat Wynn, would you like to take us to break? No, you can do it. Oh, okay. Well, this is Black <laughs> Republican, Black Democrat, on Twin Cities News Talk and your iHeartRadio. Oh, Pat, well, you don't know nothing about this. I don't know. I don't know the song. Know. Patrice Russian. Haven't you heard? What did you say? Patrice Russian. Oh, okay. Russian. Oh, aren't you against that? Yes, I am. <laughs> but she's one of the black Russians. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you to have to watch out for them. That's a Trojan horse. <laughs> Welcome back to Black Republican, Black Democrat. I'm your co-host and homeboy, Jamar Nelson. I'm Pat with Lawrence. And in studios with us, we have St. Paul Police Chief Todd Axel. And joining us also, um, I don't know why I decided to have two Republicans in at the same time <laughs> to try to beat me up. But I met a great brother at last week's Republican convention, uh, Abdi Muhammad. Uh, he's a Republican, young Republican, um, mm -hmm. but he's a great brother. And so I, I only associate with good Republicans. Okay, that's word, good. Word. The oh. black ones. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Pretty I'm just, much. Just playing. Come on. Come on, dude. Uh, Let's take this phone call from uh, Dan. From Dan, how are you today? Hey, guys. Thank you. Hi, Dan. I was going to ask our dear police officer, you know, with Black Lives Matter around the country marching against police officers, you know, and chanting, when do we, uh, when do we want a black, we want a dead cop, and when do we want them now? You know, and then they yell out now. And then black people like Jamar blaming the police for pulling over black people because they're black. What are your thoughts on some of that stuff where the Democratic Party wants to disarm blacks and has been on, against police officers generally, who and as a whole are law are wonderful people trying to serve and protect our communities. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, thanks for, for the phone call. Thanks for yeah. your question. I, you know, we, we we practice and train all the time on on uh, those who who uh, would like to express their their First Amendment rights and and. Uh, uh, March through, throughout the city and mm -hmm. and talk about the issues that uh, they're most concerned with. I, I never uh, <clears throat> take offense to those um, uh, types of activities as long as they're not uh, violent. Mm -hmm. So our officers, I'm very, very proud of our special operations unit that we propped up just after I took over uh, when we had the tragic and uh, uh, untimely death of uh, Philando Castile mm -hmm. up in, in uh, Falcon Heights, and mm -hmm. we were the brunt of the protests in the state of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. The women and men of the St. Paul Police Department did an incredible job oh, yeah. uh, uh, dealing with, with, uh, uh, with a lot of tension, a lot of anger, a lot of sadness uh, as a result of that, that tragic incident. And there are times where... Um, you know we have a difficult job to do, and we are human. Mm -hmm. So yeah, absolutely, uh, so officers that does uh, weigh heavily on them when they're when they're being in, insulted. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, but they're professional. They're they're professional. I couldn't be more proud of our officers when they go out there and and, and stand that line at times and and provide the safety for everyone, regardless of what you look like, mm -hmm. regardless of what side of the political aisle you may be on. Yes, and that's our job is to provide. Uh, the mission statement of our department is very, very uh, simple. It's to protect the peace and maintain public safety through trusted service with respect. And see, that's what I and and, and that's what I mean, Chief. You were 
you had gotten your position two weeks, a couple of weeks right prior to him being killed, right? And then those protests. So how do you do, how do you deal with being a chief and uh, and uh, mostly, I would say a lot of majority, it's same part pretty, minor, pretty minority, uh, pretty, uh, pretty diverse. 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 Yeah, so. And so when you're confronted with uh, those type of protests, how do you deal with as a chief being told that you don't care about your city, your black citizens, your minority citizens of that city? Um, how do you, I, I've, I've seen you deal with it, but explain to our listeners, how do you deal with that coach? How, I mean, coach, <laughs> well, you're a coach of a yeah. team, but I mean, yeah. uh, a chief. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, we, we operate under the philosophy of the bank of trust. And I'm so proud of the history of our department because we've done this from generations to generations, from chief to chief. And uh, we understand that it's not a matter of if, but when something controversial happens. And when those controversies happen, our bank of trust has to be full. Mm -hmm. And those those uh, deposits are based on good, positive community interactions that we have on a daily basis with those we serve. Mm -hmm. So when those controversies happen, even though Philando Castile happened outside the city limits of St. Paul, we still understand that there's a lot of tension, a lot of anger, and a lot of sadness that occurs. So yes. uh, we, uh, fortunately, we had a full bank of trust to be able to deal with that incident in St. Paul. Mm -hmm. And, uh, w you know, w we, we don't necessarily focus on the words. Uh, we focus on the actions. And, and one, of the, one of the just awful nights, probably the, one of the worst nights I've had as, a, as a, not only a police officer, but cer certainly as a police chief, is when we had 27 officers that were injured, yeah. injured on Interstate 94, uh, the next day I did a uh, mm. press release with, with Mayor Coleman at the time. And, and again, you know, I'll hold officers accountable when they, uh, when they step outside those lines. But also I'll, I'll also uh, call, call uh, uh, folks out when mm -hmm. their actions yeah. hurt those who protect us. That's right. And so I did that that morning. And, and, uh, and then two weeks later, here I find myself in this surreal moment in a three-and-a-half-hour meeting at the White House with President Obama, uh, mm -hmm. Mayor Coleman at the time, other uh, major city chiefs from throughout the country, civil rights acts of activists, mm -hmm. uh, attorney general and others talking about police community relations. And I was uh, just so humbled and honored to be sitting in that meeting talking about these issues that are facing the country. So my, my quick question I had for you, Chief, is uh, and, the, and the caller kind of alluded it to, uh, to it, too, talking about the issue of political rhetoric driving uh, the conversations around police brutality. So there are two key words that I think people miss out on in this whole situation, which is law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Who? What are the laws officers are trying to enforce, and do those laws create unnecessary interactions between police and the citizens at large? So I wrote a piece in the Washington Examiner that spoke about this and how. Uh, Name dropping, pardon me. <laughs> no, I, yeah, but 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 it was uh, it was about you know what we saw with Eric Garner, for example, okay. mm -hmm. how the high cigarette taxes in New York mm -hmm. cause the police officers to unnecessarily deal with them to yes. enforce the these you know yeah, yeah the, the small petty crimes. So it yeah. comes from the broken uh, windows, you yeah. know, policing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So so do you believe it's twofold really in a political way that those arbitrary laws being pushed by big government advocates on the Democratic side. As well as the rhetoric coming from them, where you know, I, I I know that being chief is also a political role, so you don't have to answer this if you, if you don't want to. But when I see someone like Melvin Carter going around during his campaigning, talking about police brutality and being a black man and how cops are part of the the, the issue, I you know I I don't see that as being something that can solve the issue rather than exacerbating it. So I don't know if you saw that. 
Um, well, you, what do you think you, of it? You bring up a good point about uh, laws, and I often tell uh, people that police officers don't make laws, mm-hmm. right? Um, exactly. We, we uh, enforce the law. Now, thankfully, we have a certain amount of discretion, mm-hmm. and, and thankfully we, we do. We, we don't want a, a black-and-white approach to laws in this country because every community is different. Community standards yeah. change between, mm-hmm. you know, depending on where we are. Mm-hmm. And so our, our community, thankfully, in St. Paul has a lot of input on, on how we police. Now, n- nobody can can uh, tell a police officer that you are not allowed to enforce the law. Mm-hmm. Um, but how we enforce the law is very important. And how we mm-hmm. hire police officers that reflect the community, yep. not only uh, diversity, but also reflect the community's values. We tell our officers all the time that the only true authority that a police officer has is the authority granted by the people we mm-hmm. serve, the community Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but to your, your point and what you just said, isn't that where a lot of the issue is um, in terms of where people have, you know, this perception that there is this mass brutality or mass attacks on people of color? When you talk about, well, you have discretion in terms of, you know, uh, uh, with the law. Well, it, some people could say, well, when it comes to African Americans, they seem to be more tough, whereas with Caucasians and others, they're not. Um, you know, as, as tough. And so is that an issue there in terms of that discretion? Because I think we had a, this discussion last week about um, every week. Uh, well, we have it every week, mm-hmm. but we really had it last week about, you know, in terms of um, are laws racist in and of themselves or is it the application of the law and what mm-hmm. those, you know, it, that's where the, and I see that's where the problem is. It's the application of the law and, you know, and going through the whole like jury process and all of that. I think that's where the problem is. And so in what your comments, you know, comments that you just made, I think the issue is with that discretion because people might perceive white cops who then see African-Americans might be more strict than with people that look like them because they come from because it's all about you know people that you know so you might understand why people of the same group you're a part of do certain things whereas other people you're that you're not a part of that group you might not have no you know cultural competency to understand what's going on sure which which is why it's it's critically important to make sure that we are hiring uh, uh, from our community and those that reflect the mm-hmm. community we serve we're absolutely dedicated uh, and and working hard uh, to do that, but yes, that discretion is a double-edged sword. So you do think that that's important too, Chief, that we hire officers that reflect the community, because mm-hmm. uh, I think that a lot of times in a lot of states and a lot of cities around the country, a lot of chiefs balk at that, mm-hmm. you know, or the idea of, you know, when they mm-hmm. come up with certain incentives to bring officers into the neighborhoods that mm-hmm. they're working into, and I understand the danger sometimes, the inherent danger that it could be, but mm-hmm. I, I, people like me, you don't got to be a Democrat, but people yeah. like me just say that, okay, officer that lives in Edina mm-hmm. that might be on the Minneapolis or the St. Paul Police Department doesn't know or doesn't always understand the culture and the environment right. coming into uh, East St. Paul or, yes, well, yeah. you know, uh, well, East St. Paul. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. East St. Paul. <laughs> and so uh, I, I, I think that we, I like the fact that you're working hard to try to diverse diversify mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. police department that yeah. is inherently yeah. important yeah. 
Yeah, it's inherently important. And it only makes sense because if you go out to Wyzetta, Minnetonka, Edina, which are majority white communities, their police forces are majority white. But when you go in the black neighborhood, I think it should be majority black or whatever group is in that area because it makes sense because of the cultural competency. But though, but I, that doesn't mean people of other races can't work in those areas, yeah. too. Absolutely. You just need to be culturally competent. Yeah, we got exactly. so much more on the other side of the break with Abdi Muhammad and Chief Todd Axtell and Pat when he's still here. Come back <laughs> on the other side of the break. This is Black Republican, Black Democrat on Twin Cities. News talking in your heart radio. Welcome back, Black Republican, Black Democrat. I'm your co host and homeboy, Jamar Nelson. You know what that is, Jamar? <laughs> Come on, Mr. Music Expert. Let me hear this again. Comes the hook. You know, I'm gonna Shazam it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm not I'm still go. Oh, oh gosh, Ooh. I should know this. Oh. Oh my god, know? I didn't know this song too. Uh <laughs> see he oh. really only knows the songs because he's the one that's coming with the Oh my god, um funny how that works, huh? Who is that, that man? Nia Peoples. Nia Peoples. Uh, oh, that's I have a Deep crush on the people. She was so fine back in the day. Oh, back in the day, she fine now. Especially when she was married to Howard Hewitt, and then she had that show on Fox, the the Party Machine. See, I'm old school, so you don't even remember that. No, I don't see, remember the part. Yeah, see, don't this is why he doesn't know anything. But I, but I, but I remember Nia Peoples. Nia I remember Peoples the name. Because this is related fame. to Mario. No, oh, Van Peoples. Peoples? No, that's Van Peoples. Peoples. Yeah, okay. Oh, oh, do we all look alike to you too, Patwin? <laughs> Come on, man. Jeez. 651-989-5855. 651-989-5855. In the studio, we have St. Paul Police Chief Todd Exhale, as well with uh, young Republican Abdi Muhammad. And um, I think that, as what I was saying, um, a lot of times it's balked at when they talk about bringing officers or uh, bringing incentives, uh, providing incentives that uh, would want officers to live in the neighborhoods in which they police. Um, how do we go about um, how do we go about repairing the race relations in St. Paul? I mean, because you're here, that's that, that's great, and and mm -hmm. we, the the city needs you. But I think the relationship, as 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 it has in Minneapolis and growing back, it eroded a little bit. So, Chief, what's a, you know, it, it's not an easy answer, not an easy fix, but what, what's one of the way you might go about doing mm -hmm. it? Well, you're right. I mean, the, the, the relationship with our community is, is never good enough in, in my eyes. And we have, a, we have work to do. Mm -hmm. One of the first things that we started uh, just after I became chief was started our community engagement unit mm -hmm. to specifically work on this, not just specific officers uh, engaging and providing conduits to the police department and opportunities, but finding opportunities for our street officers to connect with community members as well. I've always been under the belief that if we get to know our community before we police our community, we're all better mm -hmm. off, which is why I'm just uh, in the process of proposing uh, 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 a program where we could have all of our officers that come out of the four-month academy to go into the community engagement unit for six months before they hit the street because, again, ah. they would get to know the community mm -hmm. before they police the community. That's, that's outstanding. That's critical. And they don't think, I don't think a lot of people, that's what I'm saying, that's why I like this dude, mm -hmm. because a lot of cities and chiefs don't know or, or 
care or realize how important that is. Mm -hmm. um, I don't care if it's a white officer. If I know you, I'm mm -hmm. more likely to report that crime to you. Yes. Um, black folks are apprehensive about yeah. white officers. I don't care what city it is, whether mm -hmm. it's Minneapolis or St. Paul, because the prior engagement mm -hmm. may have been... Or, um, well, the history with the police. The, yes, or, yeah. or, you know, a cousin, you know, a brother yeah. that has been beat by mm -hmm. every officer, which, which with officers, too, when they're in a certain area of the city, um, I don't blame them for... For being apprehensive about the, the the citizens that are there too, thinking, mm -hmm. okay, well, I'm in a high crime area. Yep. It's kind of hard for me to get off of my guard mm -hmm. when I know there was two murders just committed just last night or something like that. This yeah, is absolutely. high crime. So I think that that's what I'm saying. We got to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate a chief like you, even though you're not. And, and, and Chief Arredondo, it's, it's just as stand up mm -hmm. too. Yeah. You know, making, uh, removing those barriers yes. for between the chief. And, and and officers and, and its citizens yes, and absolutely it's to to uh, because if we don't trust each other, what relationship would we have when mm -hmm. you're our first line of defense? That's right. If I, I don't want to kill my fellow man, well, actually, your Second Amendment is. But oh, here we go. You know, it takes a Republican to say. Let's take a phone call from Mike. Michael, how are you? Oh, good. I had a comment. My family is multicultural. We have Asian. We have African American. We have. We also have Native American. We have Hispanic. I even had a. I lost a, a great ne a nephew-in-law from Ecuador, and that. So my family is very multicultural, and I really think that we really need to be talking about the heart of the human race, not so much always the African, because my cousins are all multicultural, and uh, and I also consider everybody brothers and sisters. So I I grew up to that, I'm part of that, and uh, I just don't understand where you're coming from sir oh, well, thanks for the that, phone call was that pointed to jamar i think it was pointed to jamar yeah i think it was pointed to and sorry i wasn't paying attention <laughs> no, no. Was... so but to answer so michael to answer your question i think that's a very idealistic um uh place that you're in you're more of an anomaly and and i'm there with you because you know i have a diverse family as well people that have married you know into our family but then also my dad was in the military so i grew up on military bases you know he was a high-ranking officer so um you know we kind of had a, like a privileged treatment growing up and we moved around we lived in europe but that's not a normal uh upbringing for an african-american so but i can't see the world through that um and so to your to what you were saying is you know even though that sounds all well and good but that's not how it is in the real world it's you know people are segregated and that's how they grew up with people grew up with prejudice prejudices and um you know and these mindsets and ideas and stereotypes about other groups it's and about how do we, we work around it. that that's what and we i like admit. what the police chief yeah. you know is doing because that breaks down those barriers absolutely and helps get people understand because we're really all the same that's true we're all human we're all the same the same wants and needs and desires that a black person has a white person has that an asian person has that a hispanic person has you know it's it's you know we're all the same on the human level but because of these barriers that have been put up these constructs that have been you know placed on us these artificial barriers that have been placed that's why there's all this division and i think anything we can do to help break those down is, is beneficial what are we doing what are you doing in st paul going forward chief to uh get more engagement with the officers in the citizens well uh, the first thing we did was propped up the community engagement unit uh, look at the programs that that I'm so proud of in st. Paul safe summer nights is one example okay. we started that up in 2014 a group of community members approached the police department said we, we want to help bridge this gap what can we do 
this group has now, we're in our fifth year, every Thursday night in the summertime, they pick an area of the city that's a little bit challenged, that's at a Parks and Recs location. They bring food, and they bring, uh, you know, healthy food, and they cook, and they mm-hmm. provide opportunities for officers to break bread with community members. challenged mm-hmm. And again, when we talk about the bank of trust, the way I look at it, every week there's about 1,000 to 1,500 meals served. It's not the meals that are served. It's the 1,500 deposits into the bank of trust based on good I relationships mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. it. that I love. That, I love so it. So that's what we're committed to doing, and not just safe summer nights. Any opportunity we have to connect officers with community members to build relationships, yep. it's a win for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can yeah. I give a, a real quick uh, – my, my son's basketball team has had uh, – we needed some gym time. And speaking yep. of community involvement and help, I want to thank David Belfort, who was a friend of the show, who recently uh, donated uh, some money – to give provide gym time for my son seeing the oh, Minnesota wow. top dogs. And so wow. now we'll have a month and a half of uh, gym time mm-hmm. because they provided some funds for us. So I want to give him a special wow. shout out for that. Uh, uh, I, I'm you got another question for the chief. Well, I mean, I, I think the, the chief is, is going in the right direction with Absolutely. the department. Um, yes. And I think Jamar, you alluded to this too, but it's, you know, the, the lack of understanding, lack of conversation might breed animosity or hostility uh, just in general, right? Yeah, That's in a general, general principle yep, yep, between yep. peoples, but but in, in, especially in terms of authority figures and the people that they serve. So I think breaking that down and and opening uh, just the fact that you guys are breaking bread too. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm yes. I'm a huge advocate for free food. Yeah. So I'm definitely not gonna, <laughs> you know, I'm you definitely are black. Yeah. Out, yeah. <laughs> Yo, you know what I mean? You got to take it how you get it. You know, so no yeah. doubt about. It. So yeah. chief, I think. Um, uh, what do you? How do you? What do you? What do you tell your white officers when they're engaging high crime areas that uh, that are populated by mostly uh, black or minorities? How do you tell them to go about thinking? I know they're trained, mm-hmm. but sometimes that training doesn't always come to fruition or come into play. What do you tell a white officer or a black officer? But we're in St. Paul, so <laughs> more, uh, more of a white, uh, white officers that engage b- blacks in high crime areas. Well, I, I take the same approach regardless okay. of uh, where they're policing in our city. I am... Another program that we have uh, started up on an annual basis is uh, our implicit bias training. Mm-hmm. And that's not to to uh, paint a broad brush on any particular group of people saying that we're biased or racist. But uh, I am a firm believer that if you are a human being, you, pos- you possess bias. And that yeah. includes yeah. myself. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yes. So, and I, I believe that the first step of really taking a look introspectively at how how we police, and as I'm talking now as a police officer that came up through the ranks, if I look at a situation and I feel a certain way or think a certain way based on what I'm seeing, to be able to take that just not a moment, not in an officer safety situation, but another moment, but to ask yourself, why am I feeling this way at this particular moment at this time in this mm-hmm. neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Could it be? Could it be my bias kicking in right now? So we're trying to create safe opportunities for officers to really take mm-hmm. a look at, is my bias impacting how I police mm-hmm. in, in, in a yeah. non in a non confrontational way oh, yeah. Yeah. but it's hard to it's hard to we got one well, I'm telling you, hour goes quick mm-hmm. it's hard to get rid of an officer chief that has that is I don't know I want to say found guilty but accused of misconduct uh, especially when they're uh, beating uh, a citizen because of the unions though right I mean even if you decide that that officer what he did warrants his um, termination the union can put him back at his or her position, though, right? 
Well, there's a there's an independent arbitration process that the the, the contract and the, uh, the officers' uh, bill of rights and whatnot entitles them to go to an arbitration process. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that can be a challenge at times. I try to call balls and strikes if an officer I believe uh, deserves to be uh, terminated from employment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll do that, and um, you know sometimes we'll win and sometimes we'll lose. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know ultimately. I, I wish it always went my way um, <laughs> because I believe I, I know what's in the best interest of our community in St. Paul. But uh, when it doesn't, I have an obligation then to take a look at our policies, procedures, our training, make sure that all of our officers are fully aware of what is uh, expected of them. Absolutely. Yep. So is there anything else that you want to share with the public that they should know about police officers and like the work that you're doing and like how to engage officers like just some general tips. Yeah, so I, I tell our officers all the time that I, I, I really want them to get out of their squad cars, say hello to people, stop by uh, playgrounds, uh, say hello, you know, interact. But also I want to tell our community members, will you please do the same thing? Yes. If you see a police officer, yes. drive by, uh, wave, you know, ask them a question, introduce yourself, uh, you know, ask them about, uh, ask our officers about their families because – you know, we have we have families, we have struggles, we have happy days, we have sad days. Yeah. We uh, deal with all the issues everybody else deals with. The only thing different is is we wear a uniform and a badge. Mm-hmm. Oh man, absolutely! Right. Thank you, Chief. Yes, thank you. Thank and Abdi Mahana, thank you, man. We got a little more in the post show podcast, but the hour goes so darn it does. quick. Man. That's why we need. They need to. Everyone, you guys need to lobby. <laughs> you need to lobby for more time for us. Yes. Okay. Two yeah. hours. So maybe yeah, exactly hours. something. Okay. Something. That give sounds us, good. Give a brother something. That <laughs> one. I'll see you next week. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, if they appreciate you for having us in your house and in your radios and on your phone. Let's make sure you listen to the Post Show Podcast. I'm Jamar Nelson. I'm Patwin Lawrence. And that's from the Chief. And that's uh, Abdi Muhammad. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Stan, and everybody else. Peace out. Bye. Bye.